The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Hello, my friends. It's Andy at the Andy Falco Show, coming to you live from Bray, California. Um, and out of habit, I, I pray, played my intro yesterday. I didn't play it because I just felt like it was too happy uh, to play when we're talking about something so serious. And um, in, case, in case you missed uh, yesterday's show, uh, again, as always, just lay a little foundation. I'm a former police officer with the city of Anaheim, 21 years. Um, I now, uh, for the last, wow, gosh, it must be somewhere around 10 or 15 years, uh, have been testifying in court cases involving uh, uh, use of force, uh, use of police dogs and detection dogs in the, um, uh, in the arrests of, of suspects and whether or not there's been any wrongdoing, uh, mostly. Uh, I can be called by the prosecution to make sure that everything was done right, I, I, but strangely enough, mostly the defense calls me. And so I get a lot of cases uh, involving the investigation of uh, very not similar, not always in the in. I've been called to a couple homicide cases, but not involving a suspect at the hands of a police officer. But a lot of use of force where suspects have been seriously injured, uh, and uh, body parts have been lost uh, on on suspects at the hands of uh, police officers. So no deaths yet, but. Um, again, uh, abuse by police officers. Um, I also have to say that I am not liked by uh, much of the law enforcement industry, not like I used to be. <laughs> I used to be loved by the law enforcement industry, but now uh, I, because I am willing uh, to speak up against uh, uh, police officers who abuse um, their power uh, in in several different ways in arresting somebody by uh, and then lying about how they got to the point of developing the um uh, the elements of a crime how they got there if uh, you know in relationship to violating somebody's rights all the way to uh, again abuses and, and use of force so uh, just understand that i have been doing this for a very long time and there's things that i do understand uh that may uh, uh be beneficial uh as many of you are trying to decide you know what what am I to believe? Or, you know, cops are, are they all evil? Is it just this one cop? Why come they haven't arrested this guy yet? Should they arrest him? Is it racist or is it not racist? And, uh, and that's why I come on uh, to talk because I, I think, again, I, this is my point of view based on my training, based on my um, experience as a police officer, based on my experience of testifying in court cases, investigating uh, criminal cases involving police officers. And um, that, that's just what I'm fortunate enough that I have that, um, that background that I can do this. So uh, last night we uh, talked about that. I, I told you uh, that law enforcement has to be very careful on how they handle this, that if they jump too early uh, and arrest people too quickly, that that can cause equally uh, as much problem uh, because they may uh, run into trouble where they've now got to release one or all four of the police officers because um the evidence isn't there. There's some other evidence that supports, but maybe this is justified. Again, I'm just saying what the possibilities are. Don't you can. I want you to comment. But I, yesterday, I got comments like, oh, "How can the, you? You? How can you think this is right?" I never yesterday I never said it was right, and today I'm not saying it's right ever. Uh, what I saw on the video is horrible, and 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 based on what I see on the video, I, I think uh, that it's uh, obviously uncalled for, unnecessary, and led to the death of this uh, this gentleman, uh, George Floyd. Um, but yesterday arresting somebody based on the knowledge that I had at the time was one video that I, I saw a brief, uh, another video, which were two separate areas. Um, and then I didn't have other information that I have today where my, my point of view is somewhat different. 
than it was yesterday. Yesterday, I was exactly where I should be based on the knowledge that I had. I didn't have enough to tell you, the audience, that at that point, this one officer or all four officers involved in this case should be arrested. So that has changed, obviously, because I, uh, by the title of the show, that uh, right now, I believe at least one of the officers, the officer that was kneeling on the uh, victim's neck, um, right now, I think they sh he should be arrested. Now, listen, I'm going to go through why I think that now, and I didn't yesterday. It, it, really, yesterday, I didn't have the information I have today. That's really all it is, right? The information I have today puts me in a position where I say, arrest him now. Now, the FBI and the, um, uh, the state attorney, and I think a U.S. attorney and then some other people were just talking at a press conference, and they have chosen not to arrest him, and they've also chosen not to announce any charges that they may be bringing up. And I, I think <laughs> I think on some level that's a mistake. But again, they have, a, and this is, this is the problem with all of us, the people writing, the people protesting, the people uh, in the media are spouting off a lot of information that they don't have either, right? I have probably the same information that's getting in the media, only that I can talk to some law enforcement officers that are in these areas that uh, would speak to me, but not speak to them. So there's some other insider information that I have that I can't share with you because I, I don't have the permission of the officers that I talk to um, to share that either. So, um, but based on what I know now, based on what I've seen as far as video, based on what I've seen as far as information coming out of the that's being leaked or purposely put out there in the in the in the media, uh, I do believe that the officers should be. Uh, at least hooked up and arrested and taken into the into the jail uh, and processed and hand and fingerprinted. All that stuff needs to happen. Is that possible without charges? And the, the truth is, yes. If you have a homicide, especially if you have a homicide, if you have a felony act that you believe has been committed, whether you witnessed it or not. Now, uh, there's a little bit of difference between California law and every state has their own penal code section. So yesterday, in that, and I'm sorry, I have to kind of backtrack a little bit. In, in uh, California, Murder, you must have malice aforethought. Malice aforethought means that you went there intentionally, and it, it could be just seconds before. You went to the crime scene, you got to the crime scene, you're in the crime scene, and you've decided mentally, right? You've made the conscious decision that you're going to murder somebody. I don't know. This is going to be very difficult uh, for anybody unless the officer admits that, hey, on that day I woke up and I decided I was going to kill a black guy. I don't care who it was, right? If he says that, then you can have a murder. I, I doubt very much that that will happen. So malice of forethought is the, the forethought of deciding that you're going to kill a person, right? And then you actually fall through and kill somebody. That's in California. And then we have manslaughter. That's why I was saying yesterday that it's more like manslaughter where in the act, in the act of doing something, you killed somebody. That is more, in, in, at least as far as California law, is more applicable. Now, could you go as, as far as, um, as, as murder and could you get there? You might be able to. But again, um, there's other laws that cover what happened in, in this particular case and, and federal statutes and some other stuff that may be able to be brought in, right? Um, uh, an act under color of authority. Um, and, but in Minnesota, they have different degrees of murder. So you have uh, murder one, you have murder two, murder three. New York, I think, has a very similar thing. You see it on television all the time, right? And so their penal code section is slightly different. So they use the word murder. When I think of murder, I think of it as a California police officer under the California Penal Code. So that you may hear some discrepancy in what I said yesterday, what I'm seeing today. Based on what I've read so far in Minnesota, it is possible that they could charge him with murder two or three or one of those other ones that they have. I haven't researched all of them. And so it's just, again, this is slightly different. But, but nevertheless, so I'm going to come through and, and look at a couple of these before I get into the basis of why I think they should arrest them and, and that they, they totally could arrest them without without really um, uh, having too much other problems that will cause them grief if they find other evidence. Uh, because I, I think that it's necessary to at least put the, the hooks on them and take them in jail. So really quick, uh, yeah, Carmen writes here, Carmen here, man, it's not related to me. She says it's too disturbing. And it, it, it's a really disturbing video. It, it really is kind of crazy. Hey, Ashley, nice, or um, uh, Ashley, where do you get Ashley? Uh, Aubrey, uh, nice to see you, Mary. Uh, nice to see you, prayers, yes. Uh, the officer that put his knee on the neck, uh, murder that poor citizen. Murder that murdered that poor citizen. All officers should go to jail for not doing <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Gilbert, you are a lovely person and uh, you just make me 
crazy because <laughs> you say such silly stuff. But there you are. There we're friends. I'm never gonna. I'm. I'm. You can block me, but I'm never gonna block you because you entertain me. Uh, reminds me of a Kelly Thomas case. Uh, yeah, in uh, Fullerton. Yeah. Um, yes, and that would be take me too much to go into that. But there was a very, a very similar. It was a white. Uh, victim in that case uh, with a white officer that I knew uh, and kind of the same history of, of doing what this officer is accused of doing. All right. Um, and then we have Nobby. Uh, from what we see on the news, the other officers were just as complicit uh, in, for just standing by and allowing it to happen. Yes. At least one of them. I'm not sure about the other two. Um, and then because these things, are, I got to be careful. I'm telling you, you got to be careful. And I'm going to explain a little bit. Can you show the videos or short clips sharing? Andy? Yeah, I can. I can. I can do that. Uh, sorry, just going through a couple of these comments. Mind you, from what we see, also see in the public looting and damage the rest of the uh, population isn't too intelligent either. Well, yes. Um, uh, Mike Kraz, I'm thinking involuntary manslaughter, uh, gross net. There you go. Uh, another very intelligent person there. Hey, uh, hey, Deborah, nice to see you. Uh, and officers and Kelly Thomas were overcharged. That is possible, uh, but okay. So all good comments and I really appreciate your comments and just keep them coming. Keep coming with the comments. And again, uh, Gilbert comment too. I, you know, it's all part of the discussion and, and kind of what the, the, this is the thing, right? It's, this is all officers are bad. No, all officers are bad. We have, I don't forget what it is. It's a large number, 300,000 officers in the world. Let's see, or in the United States, how many police? I should have done this uh, in the U.S. And let's see if it comes up with a number. 800,000. There are more than 800,000 sworn law enforcement officers now serving the United States, uh, which is the highest figure ever. Uh, I don't know when this uh, was taken. Uh, usually it's a year or two previous. Uh, it's going to be too much for me. Yeah, there's a lot to read here. Uh, but uh, usually it's like two or three years old, right? All these stats, you come up with a number. So 800,000 police officers who handle anywhere from 10 to 45, 50 calls a day. All right. I, I bring this up and I'm glad I'm glad uh, somebody brought that up as far as, um, uh, you know, the, the you know, the, the officers, all officers are bad type of thing, whatever Gilbert it, what was, whatever he said in that when you have 800,000 police officers out there doing a job every day where they're being, you know, put in situations to make very quick decisions, fast decisions there. They have a they are all of them, if not uh, most of them, if not all of them are carrying um, uh, multiple weapons on them between uh, one or two guns a knife and a taser, right? They have all these, these things. And when you, I, I have to tell you these incidents with um, uh, George Floyd are just so few and far between. I know, I know we want to just, you want to just brand all police officers, say they're horrible people. The majority are horrible, whatever it is you say, there's 800,000 officers with 800,000 officers going to work every day, 24 hours a day, dealing with the 1% of the population, which are miserable, nasty, horrible human beings. And we have to figure out how it is that we can take them into custody, even though they are fighting hard not to go to jail on a daily basis. I, again, I told you yesterday a story about the guy jumped on me out of nowhere, grabbed my gun and was pulling it out of the holster and I had to fight. I had to break his arm. And then I, I pulled it so hard that the bone went, that I broke, went through his arm and he still was fighting me. Uh, and then uh, it, it was just a nasty fight. I was by myself for a long period of time. It took forever for backup to get there. And then finally somebody got there and I was able to, you know, we were able to take him into custody. It was, and that was on Father's Day towards the end of my career. And it was a miserable day, a hot Sunday. And I, and again, I was very angry, but Again, officers can answer 40, some 40 calls a day, some more, right? Maybe a few less, but you're answering that many calls where every time you go to a call, you have fractions of a second to make a, 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 you know, a call as to what type of force you're going to use when somebody decides to fight you. I'm telling you, 800,000 officers that are doing that on a daily basis, and we have incidents like this on a once a year, right? Uh, it, it's, it's actually remarkable, that we don't have many more because there's a lot of dumb cops out there that I've had to deal with, right? In many of these cases, a lot of really dumb decisions being made and, uh, and, and, and departments cutting corners and have lack of supervision. I can cannot tell you that most of the cases I get involving police officers that use, use force, again, like this case, have done it before and nobody's done anything about it. Right. And nobody's done it. And, and there becomes a culture that it's OK to push the limits of how much pressure you put on somebody and nearly kill them from time to time. But nobody ever hears about that. It is an amazing number that you have 800,000 officers on a daily basis doing this job. And these are few and far between. So I just want to get that out of the way now. 
all officers aren't bad. The, just a, a huge number of officers are fantastic. And we have a few really bad apples and they're always going to come out. You have bad apples in, in, in medical. You have bad apples as, as attorneys, as dentists. There's a lot of, there's a bad apples in every industry. All right. Uh, and so we need to keep the, keep that straight first. All right. Now let's get back to this case. So yesterday, the information I didn't have, I told you there was a couple other uh, uh, video angles from uh, body cams that I knew were out there because every officer has body cam on and there's and there's dash cams on patrol cars that were also on scene. And there's other things you could see. Now, based on what I saw, and let me go ahead and play the video. Um, uh, I've been asked to play the video a couple of times and I just haven't because I, I, I figure everybody's seen it. Um, and so I'm gonna go ahead and throw it up here uh, so that you can see it. Uh, just for a, min a minute, I, it, it's actually six minutes that he's on this gentleman's neck's neck. Um, so let me just put this up here. All right, I got to get rid of this really quick. So let me just show the video uh, just for a minute so you can see what's going to happen. This is the angle that we had, right? You cannot see the right side of the police officer. We assume that he's been handcuffed. That's the word that he's that the, the gentleman, well, you can see his head and his right shoulder. Uh, and then you see the officer's left knee on his neck and he's pushing down and he's got his left hand on his knee. Uh, 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 in, in, as far as I can conclude, he's, he's balancing and pushing down on the knee uh, to, uh, to apply more pressure on George's neck. Oh, you know what I, I didn't do? Hold on. There's something I need to do so you can actually hear it. Let me get rid of it and bring it back up. My apologies. Uh, I, I messed up. That is all on me. All right, there's a button down here I have to click so you can actually hear the audio that and where'd it go there it is okay so i'll bring it back up again okay good all right so here we go his whole nose is ah. with him ah. 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 why you just sit there he ain't doing nothing right now put him in the car how long I got to hold him down? Why are you on drugs, kids? It ain't about drugs, bro. Y'all understand that? Nah, y'all don't got to put y'all in his neck, bro. Right. He is human, bro. His nose is completely... You can put him in a cup. Okay. I, 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 I think that's enough. Um, and so that went on for six minutes, uh, according to what I've read, where he's on that guy's neck. Uh, if he's handcuffed, if he's on the ground... He's in custody. You don't need to be standing on his neck. Again, the only thing I, I wanted to see before I made a, a choice to tell you that he should be arrested is when I had more information. Uh, I needed to uh, just confirm that something else wasn't taking place that I couldn't see. Uh, I'm telling you, there's many times where I get video where I can only see part of something. And now I have to make conclusions based on what I can see. And sometimes I have to guess. When you're guessing, you're running into a little bit of problem and being able to convince a jury Right. There's probably no jury that you were, you know, if, the, if this officer ends up going to um, trial, that there's probably no jury that will have a problem convicting him on a partial video. If that was all we had, it is much better to have other angles so we can be sure that there's not something happening on the other side of that car that may somehow exonerate him. I don't know what it could have been. I didn't know yesterday and I, I didn't know until we could see other things that are going on. Um, that there was really no other resistance going on, that the guy is handcuffed on the ground. Now he can roll around that kind of stuff and you just push him back down. It is not hard to control somebody that's handcuffed on the ground. You can find ways to do it without putting your knee on his neck. The problem also in that position, when somebody's on their stomach with their handcuffs behind him, we know this in law enforcement, that it's very difficult to be, breathe whether you are on his neck or not. Many people have a tough time breathing because your hands are behind your back, right? And your, your chest is on the ground. And you're, you're being pushed out like this. And now you have your body weight on your lungs. And now it gets a little bit tough to breathe. Now, ask any woman who's been pregnant when that baby is being pushed up against their lungs and they've reduced their lung capacity. It's hard to breathe. You add the uh, fear, right? You add the, um, uh, and this is without the officer being on him. You add all the circumstances are, that are happening now. The fact that he's thinking he's going to go to jail and all this kind of stuff because he did commit a crime. So we can't forget that that all of that is also causing uh, him to breathe heavy. Now you've reduced the ability to, to uh, breathe normally and you already and now you have an, uh, uh, an excited breathing pattern. It really begins to, to, um, it, 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 to cause problems uh, and you begin to 
asphyxiate. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I knew I could say it. Now you add the weight of a police officer, which in many cases is right around 200 pounds. Even if this officer weighs normally 175, 180 pounds, you have to have to add the gun belt, the bullet resistant vest, um, the, uh, the gun, all the other equipment. Uh, and now somewhere in the neighborhood of about 200 pounds and on one knee on his neck, because you see his right leg is sticking out to a point where you can actually see his right foot, meaning it's not, it's not taking the, the weight, uh, you know, half of his weight on say his back or his butt or on the ground. He's actually leaning into the knee and you can see that he's pushing down with his left foot on this guy's neck. Why is he doing that? I have no idea. I've arrested uh, quite a number of people over the years, many of them fighting and never, uh, but for a moment that I place a knee uh, uh, on anywhere on their back or their neck, except for a moment to get them in, under control. And as soon as you get them under control by handcuffing them, then you got to release them and let them up. All right. And so that, uh, and I've seen hundreds of arrests take place. I've not only been the arrestee, I've also been the observer, like that, that backup officer that's watching where you're seeing it. I've never seen this used. Who knows why he's doing this? I don't even know if on his right hand, if he's not pulling up on the uh, wheel well to apply even more pressure, he could be because he's really struggling to breathe. He actually says, I can't breathe. Um, you're going to kill me. And he can see it. Now you add the fright that he's about ready to die. And now you really asphyxiate. Wow. Why can't I say that word today? I've probably said it a hundred times in my lifetime. Um, and uh, all the other stuff going on. So why, now that I have more information, uh, do I think, let me just look at a couple other things here that are coming up. Uh, positional asphyxiation. There you go. And I said asphyxiation. When I didn't think about it, I could say it. Uh, thank you. That's the, uh, that is the exact words. Nice job, Mike. I love having you on the show. Thank you very much. Anxiety uh, and all the stuff that you, and you have the weight and you got, now you got the officer's weight on top of it. Um, and, uh, and more so, let's see, there's some other stuff up here. Uh, a little bit of Levine's, the whole loaf, Levin's. The whole loaf, leaven, leaven's the whole world. Unfortunately, we uh, tend to use our opinion uh, of whole groups off of, yeah, exactly. Sorry, David, took me a second to read that. Um, and Gilbert, Andy, I think uh, they need to hire better individuals to be police officers. Yes, I talked about that yesterday on the show, that the hiring process has been reduced over the last 10, I say last couple decades uh, to, because it's difficult to find police officers. So they've had to reduce the requirements uh, in order for people to make it as law enforcement officers it, it is a it is a problem, and I and I've mentioned it a hundred times. I mentioned it in court that this is an issue. Um, be placed with individuals that know how to hire future police officers. Yes. Um. One more. Uh, yeah. There, are there bad apples in the mill in Meadowfield? <laughs> yeah, we're not shocked about that, are we? Uh, one more. Let's see. Uh, can you please discuss uh, from a police officer's point what you uh, thought of the officer's behavior of the killing? I would, but it's a whole different case and it's going to throw everything off. But at some point I will. I talked about it way back when it happened. All right. I had a, a very similar discussion and I'm sorry, Ma, that uh, it would just take us off the focus of this because it, it's, it's different circumstances. Um, and so, um, I see I have a, a guest in. I, I'd offered some people to come on. I got Eric Mulford who, who's going to come on in just a minute. And Eric, I'm just going to finish my, my point here and get to the point where I why now I think this officer should be arrested. Um, uh, and it, it's not going to be popular. Again, I'm not popular with police officers in the world because I do testify in court cases quite often on the side of the defense against police officers and their actions. And that's just it, it's because I have the, the, the knowledge base, the experience that I can actually do that. And I think it's the right thing to do. I believe totally in what I'm doing. And this isn't any hyperbole, hyperbole, or it isn't anything for making um, uh, making my uh, position sound better by what I'm about to tell you. But I think having people that actually know what they're talking about when it comes to use of force and when uh, officers go over the line with somebody that knows what they're talking about, it, it's because I can, I can look at something and say, no, the officer didn't do it based on my knowledge and experience and based on what I see in the videos and the, in the, in the writings of the report and pictures and all the other evidence that I get uh, given that I can say, no, that officer didn't do it. And I, in my opinion uh, is just as valid and just as important to say the officer didn't do it as when I get something and say that, Oh, this is not good. Uh, this officer lied number one, and the officer uh, didn't follow procedure. And the supervision also needs to be held accountable because it's the lack of supervision that allowed this to happen, all right? And I, I really do think that I have to have both abilities to see when they did it right and when they did it wrong. Because if I didn't, if I never said they did it wrong, then how are they supposed to believe me when I say they did it right? 
right? So I, I can't, many of them, the experts I go against, they've never gone against law enforcement in their entire career. They never would, they never will. Why? Because you, what happens What happens to me uh, is what would happen to them. That is that I've been kicked off the, the memory of every law enforcement officer that has anything to do with me uh, in this world, right? I used to be president of the Orange County Police Canine Association. I developed the show that goes out and they do uh, on, a, on a, a yearly annual basis that raises tens of thousands of dollars. I created the show, right? They virtually, uh, and I was president for many, many years and made many changes to the association. Uh, they virtually have, Andy who? We, we never had a guy named Andy uh, as president of the Orange County, uh, uh, Orange County Police Canine Association. I, we have no idea who he is. I also developed the Friends of the Anaheim Police Canine Unit, right? And I created it and I, and I wrote the, the, the bylaws and everything about it. Uh, and to this day, um, they have somebody else they say is the one, the creator of the Anaheim Police Canine Association, um, which is really odd, right? <laughs> and so I have been wiped off the planet as a former police officer in many of these areas. I have friends that used to talk to me that won't talk to me, but I think it's more important, not, not that I don't need friends that are like that. I don't need them, right? And that is why I don't kick friends off when they disagree with me in my politics. I don't, it, it, it's not about that, right? I, you may disagree, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not also, you know, uh, I just think you say sometimes stupid, some people say stupid things <laughs> and I have no problem with telling them that, but it doesn't mean we still can't be friends on some level. I'm hoping someday you'll see the light and see the truth, but um, it's just not, it should not be that way. They should look at me. Hey, Andy, I would rather have you as a former police officer with 21 years experience who has studied this stuff, you know, deeply for a long period of time, I'd rather have you look at my case. And if I did something wrong and they're not, never going to say that, then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Right. Or at least the leadership say, Hey, out of all the guys, Andy's going to say, decide based on his experience. And if, if he exonerates our police officer, fantastic. But he doesn't, then at least it was somebody that, that doesn't always side with the defense nor does he always side with the prosecution. I look at I look at the evidence and I make a decision. So now just really quickly, and I, I had to lay all that out because it's really important because I think they should arrest the primary officer. I'm not sure about the other one yet, right? I think the one you can see clearly in the video watching and doing nothing, um, there's a whole another story about that. And I'm gonna talk about that once I bring Eric on, but I wanna talk about this. I think they should arrest him. And people in the FBI and the people that were talking just earlier on the uh, press conference, uh, you know, they're afraid to even mention charges right now. Listen, when a somebody has died based on what we can see on video from at the hands or the knee of the arresting officer, you would have no problem in California or any other state or anywhere in the United States of arresting him in response to an investigation of a homicide. There is no doubt there's a homicide, right? George Floyd is dead. He didn't die until he was handcuffed by the police officer and the, and the officer's knee was on his neck. That would not have happened other than those actions. You can arrest that officer without criminal charges. Right now, necessarily, you can have the criminal charge. You have the criminal charge of homicide. It's a homicide investigation. We do it all the time. We arrest somebody for robbery. When we have a robbery, we take him into custody and then we begin to question him. We can put him in a holding cell. We have a certain amount of time to be able to do that uh, until he lower, lowers up and then they can sometimes make some decisions. I think that's what they need to do because th this is a really, really bad message. You have so much evidence right now. We have evidence that the, the officer had prior uh, use of force claims against them and I, I, you can arrest him. If something comes out later, some, I don't know what it could even come out that can show that this officer didn't kill this man uh, unlawfully, right? With manslaughter or murder three or whatever it is or murder two, whatever they have in Minnesota. I, I really doubt that there's going to be anything. And so I think you're doing a disservice to the community. I could care less about those morons that are looting and, and, and catching things up. Those are idiots. Those are, they, they need to be arrested. The thing is, if you don't arrest this officer, it's going to be hard to arrest those people that are looting because now it looks like, well, you're not going to arrest the officer, but we're going to go arrest the people that are pissed, right? That's what it looks like. Those people do need to go to jail. The hard part in, in, in being able to solve that problem with the looters is that you've not arrested the guy that they think murdered their, uh, you know, their community member. And now we have a problem, right? And I think that unfortunately for this officer, he made a very bad decision to stand that guy's neck. It was a horrible decision. He killed the guy. And sorry, bud, we need to hook you up. We need to take you into the station. We're going to hold you for 24 hours. 
Uh, and hopefully by then we'll get some other evidence and we'll be able to keep you for longer. And that is just really what I think they should do. Uh, I think they're waiting a little bit too long. Tonight, we're going to lose some more lives and we're probably going to lose some more property and uh, some stores are going to be looted and people are going to be put out of business because um, I think that it's just that they, they, they need to hook that guy up. The other officers, I, I can't say that yet. So let me bring on my friend, Eric. I want to see what he has to say. He just asked if he could be on the show. So I want to see what he has to say and then we'll bring him up. Hey, um, Eric, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Andy. Nope, I can't hear you. Um, oh, there you are. Can you hear me now? All right. Uh, yeah, I can. First of all, thank you for letting me let, let, letting me be on the show tonight. I, I really appreciate that. I had looked forward to your comments and what you were going to be able to say yesterday. And I love, listen, as, as a pastor in that community for a long, long time, and um, and trying to 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 bridge that gap that takes place, uh, the perception of a gap that takes place there. It's not really a gap. There's a perception of a gap. I needed to hear a. Right. I needed to hear your perspective last night to see where that fit, and I totally agree with you. If there isn't immediate action taken, there is no way that they're, they're that they're going to be able to salvage anything. Out, out, out of Minneapolis. This is going to be a disaster if they don't make, make action take place immediately. Uh, there has to be something done. So my question to you is why the hold on the other officers? Uh, that's, that's my question is because I think that they have a responsibility at some point to, to, to make this thing stop. Um, I, 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 two different times in my life, I've been, I've been invited into a mess two different occasions involving a police officer and a, and, and a citizen. In both cases, the citizen was wrong. The officer was hollering for help. Hmm. And I've never, I, I, if you, if you had told me that I wouldn't have believed you, but I've been, I've been involved in that twice. Once I was a really young kid and there was a young man who was throwing a fit in a restaurant and he ran out the back door and we have a brand new police officer in town and, and he follows him out the door. He'd come in to see what was going on, follows him out the door. Uh, unfortunately, I was about 15 years old and it was three o'clock in the morning. And it, where I come from, if it's three o'clock mm -hmm. in the morning, it's because they just closed the bars. And so everybody's having a mess. And he goes running out the back door. The police <laughs> officer said this. And I think this was the key. And I heard you say something similar to this last night. He said, Johnny, if you are half as afraid as I am you will come out of there with your hands up. And, and, and there's mm. the tension that goes on. Wow. I don't care what's happening. There's this tension that goes on. It's a difficult job to do. That's why I appreciated your comment. It's a difficult job to do, but it's a difficult task to, to handle as well. There's this fear of the public now, and that fear has been fed for so long that I don't know what we're going to be able to do to fix it. Unfortunately, I feel like I have an obligation to do something and I can't keep silent about it. Yeah, well, we were on a good roll. Law enforcement was on a pretty good roll there for a while um, and did a lot of work uh, to get where we were just prior to uh, when this incident happened. And now we're all, everybody's back down to ground zero. I mean, there was writing in Los yeah. Angeles now. There's writing in other, other cities uh, across the United States because of this. And we're now yeah. we have to start all over again. There, there's no doubt in my mind we'd start all over again. Uh, the the only way that we're going to maybe make things work faster uh, is you got to arrest this officer. And I and it's, it, there's no there's no reason why they shouldn't. There really is that you can arrest somebody without having uh, you know all the evidence because it, you don't have to witness the felony uh, when it's a felony that nobody has to see it happen. You just have to believe that it happened. But in this case, we have video where we can see it happening. Right. And uh, and he's handcuffed and he's on the ground on his chest. And you have people that are that are not police officers saying you can hear him saying, dude, he can't breathe. Right. And there. So we have witnesses that are witnessing and on the video saying that he can't breathe. There is not enough. I don't believe not to arrest the officer at this point because you got other angles and you also have the prior uh, cases where he's been accused of. Um, uh, you know, uh, use of force yeah. allegations. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, if he'd be exonerated or what. Uh, and just to talk about those other officers, the one that's on the video, I, I, I would, I'm afraid to say that he may have to be arrested too. And, and, and you're saying, well, why not? Absolutely. 
Because um, it, it all ha many of these crimes that we're talking about has to do with mindset. What is it that was in the officer's mind? And that's the only thing I can't tell you when he gets questioned by the FBI or what's he, what's he going to say? Is it possible? Now, it's probably it's not possible based on what I see for him to say, I, I did not realize that he couldn't breathe or I couldn't hear them because I was getting yelled at by other people. Right. right. There's these other things that are going to go on that's going to give him some maybe some wiggle room. I don't know what that is. That's why I can't tell you for sure that he needs to go to the jail. You got two other officers that were also fired. I, I really don't see where their position was either. They all deserve probably to be fired. But I'm again, the other guy said yesterday, I don't know. There's, there's We may have some problem now if they are not charged with something and now they can sue the city to get their job back. And then they have to get their job back. And now we, again, we have more problems that, that that's where we start to get into these crazy little situations that it, we got in too much of a hurry. Yesterday, my message was, I, I, I can't, I can't get hurried about saying that this guy needs to be arrested because there's a few tiny missing parts. Those were filled today. <laughs> with activation, right? Definitely filled right. Today. Yeah. Prior, uh, prior incidents and other videos that showed that there was no time you could see this guy resisting, even if he was resisting, right? yesterday I said, even if he was resisting at the point that he's handcuffed, you need to get off his neck. It's done. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I just want to make sure that there wasn't something else there. That's maybe because I, I can't figure it out now. I can't, I, and, and what the FBI and the, in the, I'm not sure if it's the DOJ who's there. I forgot. They, they named all the different people that were there, but they're saying exactly what I was saying yesterday. We don't want to rush because then it'll, it'll cause more problems. But right. here's the problem. You have way too much out that shows that at least you should be taking this guy in for questioning for 24 hours. And that would do a lot to show the public that you are serious about him going to jail. Um, if you can now have more evidence that will lead you to a place where you can actually, uh, you know, put him in jail with the charges, as opposed to holding him in, in, in custody while you're investigating. It's two different things, right? You're taking him into custody because he's under investigation for homicide, because you can clearly see there's enough evidence to do that. You don't right. need necessarily to fully charge him for the first 24 hours. That should still be the case, uh, even in Minnesota. And that's why I think that they can do it. There, uh, There's no doubt that they could do that now. And at least in my mind and in, in my experience um, to help um, those looters and those other people are going to continue doing it. Right. Now you can go out there and arrest them without looking like, well, you're going to arrest me for telling, uh, you know, stealing the television set out of, uh, you know, target, but you're not going to arrest the cop that murdered the guy. Like, see, do you see the conflict there? And so that's that you solve that conflict by putting the hooks on the, on the yeah. officer. The and then other thing I don't understand Andy is why don't they arrest the man for the protection of the rest of his family? That, yeah, you know what? That was on my notes and I completely forgot about that. You know, I, that um, yeah. Is is that we have a wife? I, I'm assuming a wife because I've I've heard the word family used repeatedly, but we have we have a family that is at risk of becoming a victim of something that is the result of somebody else's behavior, and that's never good. That's never good. And then the safety for the officer. I know nobody cares. People would prefer that he probably get hung up in a tree, but. I'm telling you, we, we protect all suspects. I don't care who they are, even uh, the potential. Uh, yeah, even child molesters. Uh, again, I was a sex crimes detective for two years, uh, and we even protected child molesters from being killed. Uh, it's our responsibility. But now, again, who knows where this guy's at? He can't hide for very long. They they found the murderer, uh, the other murderer that was running around for you know a couple of days. They will track him down and they will find him uh, if you leave him out there long enough. So that's another reason you bring up a good point, not only for his family but also for him uh, to take him into custody. Uh, and again, it's just a little bit. Um, they're waiting a little bit too long. I think it, it's this is gonna it's gonna backfire. Is my thought. The vengeance thing that comes from the community is not good and the fastest way to put that to to, to quiet that it, directed at his family is to get him behind bars mm -hmm. yeah yeah um you know the, you know, the people keep talking uh, uh guests and, and i keep commenting about uh the other uh, uh officers that you know they should go to jail too i think that's one there in my opinion all for um and and again if there if there is enough evidence then yes they should go to jail if there's enough evidence that they knew what was happening knew that what the officer was doing was was harming him and they could have stopped it and they didn't do it yes we can we can charge them uh with also with homicide uh with whatever 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 homicide charge again minnesota and california have two different penal code sections for whatever one fits 
they can be charged with exactly being an accessory uh, to the act of the homicide. It is possible. Well, let me ask you, Andy, before you move on, let me ask ask you this, having uh, relating to that, um, because the question keeps coming up, why didn't all four of them get arrested? And I'm saying at least one of them should have been arrested because of that. But but because of prior acts and other things that we've now heard that have come out in the into the public, it is it is is it not? So I'm going to ask you this question as a as a former police officer: Is it possible that this guy just carried was a big enough thug in the department that other people were afraid of him? Yes, that is possible, uh, and, and that also it could also be the culture. Uh, and yeah. I've seen this a hundred times. I've seen it a hundred times in canine units that the culture, uh, gosh, you know, I'm letting some secrets out uh, of things <laughs> that I'm, that I, that I testify about in court. Uh, when you ha- lack of supervision, uh, is, is really one of our biggest problems. You got supervisors that just don't, they don't want to take action. They're afraid that they're going to get sued. I mean, there's, there's all these things, but you also have culture of, heavy handedness that just gets right. kind of carried over and carried over where it may not just be this guy. It could be the, the section that he's in of officers. Mm-hmm. We sometimes call the section or a sector um, in Anaheim. Uh, we had a couple really bad era areas and sometimes you'd get two or three officers that were really uh, heavy handed all working together. And now that would be a culture, right? It, it, it creates right. a culture that now everybody that gets arrested gets taken into the dark uh, corners of the alley and a couple punches, elbows, and knees uh, occur prior to going to jail. And I'm telling you that I, I have seen it. Uh, I have had to, to uh, tell supervisors no that are part of that culture because I've been told in my while I was working with a guy with his hands up, he was an a auto, th- auto thief, uh, we pursued him, right? So everybody gets kind of heated when someone you have to pursue somebody and, and you're yeah. and people are like crashing and that kind of stuff. And then when they finally stop and you're getting ready to take them to custody, we've seen it on TV where cops are now pissed about everything that happened and they go and they kick the living crap out of the guy, right? We've seen that. Well, I had a call. It was in the middle of the day of a pursuit on the fifth. Uh, I'm, well, if I give too many details and, it, uh, and anyway, I don't want to give to it. So it was a pursuit. <laughs> it was in the middle of the day. The suspect comes out with his hands up and starts walking back, you know, to our units uh, on command, right? We're telling him to. And I was told by a supervisor to send my police dog. And I looked over and I, and I just said, no, <laughs> he goes, send them. Like he was ordering me to send them. And I go, I, I will take my chances because uh, not following a direct order can get you, you know, can get you fired. Uh, and I just said, no. And, but that culture can now cause officers to make some very, very poor decisions because you don't want to be that officer that is now the tattletale. Right. I just told you about, and there is a reason why I told you about my story. My story is, uh, mm-hmm. as a retired police officer, I now investigate criminal acts by police officers. Some of them are just the fact that they've done something they shouldn't have done, not necessarily something they're going to be uh, uh, charged with, although I think some of the officers mm-hmm. I met, they should be charged with something. Uh, but now I have been pl- completely been blackballed by most organizations. Uh, and my my history, my 30 year history in the canine world where I've done a lot of stuff. I'm telling you, I've done a lot of work. Um, I'm virtually non-existent. Uh, we had a US attorney in Hawaii who was investigating uh, me and he called all the associations that I belong to. And while I was on the stand, he stands up and he stands up, he's asking me questions. He goes, you know, uh, on your CV, you talked about being a member and even a president of some of these associations. And do you know that we called every one of them and not one of the people that are in uh, in those organizations, and you even know who you are. And, and, and there was one called the WDDO, which is the World Detector Dog Organization. I created that organization. <laughs> and they go, and they go, I go, even the WDDO? And they said, yeah, we called. They said they have no idea even who you are. That I go, really? <laughs> and I just started laughing. I go, well, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, there's nothing I can say about that. And, I, and so we have, so I've been erased as a former police officer and former leader across the nation in the canine world. So I've been erased. So saying that there's officers that are afraid of that, right? They, cause they know that it happens and I'm telling you it happens. And so when you're working, when you're still actively working, I'm luckily enough that I'm retired. And so when you're working, one of the worst things you can do as a police officer is snitch on another police officer. It's no different than being part of a gang. It, no it's, different it's, part of being in prison. It's, it's, it's the same thing. 
Yeah. That was the reason why I was so excited to hear from you, Andy, and everybody needs to understand this is because it's not you don't have a grudge against the police department. This is what what you're saying. You're saying as an expert, somebody who's a highly recognized expert in your industry and somebody who had a wonderful career as a police officer. I was I was officer of the year career achievement award, which is the highest award you can get in the police department. I was on every television network. <laughs> I had an organization called Disney Goals that I was uh, uh, partners with and teaching kids in the in the in the poor income areas to to play hockey. Um, I, I I was I, I used to be loved. <laughs> but, but you testify. I, I, and when this all started, I'd only testified in one court case at that time, only one court case. And the officer that uh, was involved in the case, I was, again, I was on the defense. He was the prosecution. He was the officer uh, that was in charge of training all the canines involved in this particular case. In the end, I said he did a fantastic job. I, there was nothing I could do because I went to uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, where this canine incident took place. I saw their training program and I saw everything that happened. And I went into court and said, this canine handler did great. The training's fantastic. I've never seen such good training uh, other than mine. I've never seen such good canine training. And I became friends with that officer. We became friends. He and I bought dogs from each other and did a lot of work together. Yeah. And that's when I was first erased from the Orange County Police Canine Association. I was president of that organization for something like four or five years and completely changed uh, the organization, they were raising maybe $6,000 annually. And by the time I left, they were raising $40,000 annually based on what I had done. And now I don't exist. Uh, and that was just with one case. Since then, I've testified in about 100 cases. And again, the most important thing you need to know, I still love law enforcement. I will fly a flag, uh, a black and white American flag with a blue stripe down it every time an officer uh, is killed in the line of duty. I, I, I cry when officers get killed needlessly. I, I still love them. Right. And again, that's what even with my friends who disagree with me about politics, I, I, I love them, too. Um, that, that's just how I am. I, I don't I'm not doing any of these things because I have really one side or the other and, and really hate the other side. I, I, that's not who I am. So I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to go on that thing. But it's important to understand that there's bad cops. This is a bad cop based on everything that I've seen. There's nothing that I can imagine. On the, We've arrested freaking people. I'm sorry. I'm getting heated now. <laughs> We've arrested people for less. For less, they arrested Michael Flynn for nothing, <laughs> for nothing. Uh, and he was in, he was for four, for almost four years, he's been going through this court system, right? And he's lost millions of dollars and he's done nothing. But yet this officer, we can see, I just showed you the video. Right. And they've not arrested them yet. And so for God's sake, right, at least take the step of putting them into custody for investigation of the homicide. You can do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. At least you're right. taking action. You're showing that you saying that you are, we're doing our very, this way, we're doing our very best and we're going to do it as quickly as possible. You're not arresting this guy fast enough. You can arrest him while you're investigating the crime. But Sorry, Eric. Be, I, I went on a whole thing there. That's okay. That, that has to be done, not because they want them to stop looting in Minneapolis. It has to be done because it's the right thing to do. If you have yeah. a department that has a history of doing the wrong thing, and it seems to me like everything I'm seeing right now indicates that there's a history of inappropriate action coming out of that that city police department, not not necessarily that precinct, but that that there's enough there's enough evidence that there's other issues that are, that, are, that are wrong there that they can't act fast enough. And they're not acting at all, and that's a really a major a major issue right now. Yeah, it makes me sad because law enforcement again eight hundred thousand cops. You know, there's probably yeah. more than that, but eight hundred thousand cops doing fantastic work every day, being brought down by a couple people. Yeah, <laughs> I almost said something really bad. I, I I really despise them because I again I just I got I love law enforcement. I love I love I loved every part of my life as an, just about every part. There was a couple of supervisors that really did me in, but um, um, uh, I loved it. I, I loved what I was doing. Uh, I didn't like sex crimes. I hated it, and I I couldn't get out fast enough. Um, but it made me a better police officer. I did better work after I was at detectives. Um, but, uh, you know, when you get hurt, they get hurt. I got hurt on a couple car crashes that, that I lost my memory for a, a good uh, about six months to two years uh, due to a crash that I was going to to help another officer who was in danger. Um, another crash that I got in going to a domestic violence. Uh, I've been in fights. I've been in shootings. I've had to shoot people. Um, uh, all that stuff is uh, either exciting, scary times, but it, it's all good stuff. And we're all 
all of us are doing it. All law enforcement are doing that on a daily basis. And to be ruined by the decision to kneel on this guy's neck for six minutes. Yeah. That's all. It was just a decision, right? We make, we make good and bad decisions. It was just a decision because why? Because you're pissed off at this guy. I, again, yesterday, my whole thing about being racist, I can't tell you if that cop is racist. I know everybody wants to say automatically he was racist. I just think he's an asshole. Uh, and he can also be racist, right? It, it, you, right. Some, op some officers take it personally. If, you know, some, if they were, uh, even if they were spit on, even if I'm spit on, I cannot kill the person for spitting on me, right? I can be pissed. I can handcuff them a little bit tighter with the handcuffs or something like that. But um, it, it, we really aren't supposed to do that either. That, that our peace cannot be disturbed as police officers. It cannot be disturbed. And that is told from us in the academy. Our peace cannot be disturbed. Uh, and that is it. There's no, uh, there's this black and white, right? Do your job, take them into custody, handcuff them and, and take them to jail. Nothing else needs to happen after that. Let me ask you this, Andy, and I'm going to have to bug out here in just a second, but let me ask me you. Me too. Go, having been an inner city pastor for mm -hmm. more than 10 years, I'm still deeply connected in th that community and deeply connected from a family sense um, and, and so on. How do we help? And, and I really think we have to. How do we help the, the community of people of color to deal with the fear that they're feeling right now. Um, that could have been my brother. That could have been my uncle. That could have been my, my son. How do, how do we help them to deal with that? Now, you know, obviously I, I look at it from a spiritual perspective, but there's more to it than that. And I've had to, I've been in some really, really ugly situations where I've been called in as a, as, as a pastor to clean up a mess. And, and I, I, on too many occasions, the worst, my, my, my least favorite no knock warrants. I've, I've had to, I, I, I can't even get down that road, but, but what, what can we say to them? I, I want you to speak as a former police officer, help me to have something to say to my community. Wow. I may have to get back to you on that one. Uh, it's a tough one because um, number one, I'm not a black American. I know. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't know. I'm just, I'm just making a couple of points. Here. Then I, it is hard, right? It's hard to, to put myself into those shoes. We never, we never can, right? We're told all the time, you, you can't put yourself into my shoes on how I feel and, and how I feel when this happens. And then you look at the statistics and you also can look at the statistics and, and show that more white uh, Caucasians are shot than blacks. And so we have right. this, this right. weird thing, right? When you say that, then they go, no, but my experience is this. Right. I get stopped just because I'm black. Now, I'm going to tell you, I stopped a lot of white people that were in Mexican areas. Right. <laughs> and you see a, Mex a white guy driving through a Mexican area. You stop them because they're there to buy drugs or they're there to do something else. Uh, and so there is this racial profiling. But you, you do have this perception. And it's probably true in many cases where uh, white officers are stopping black guys in black areas. Right. Based on what right. kind of car they're driving, what they're wearing, uh, what kind of music that they're blaring out their windows and that kind of stuff. And they're stopping them and harassing them. And so it's really hard for me to come up with the words that I could say, listen, uh, your your fears are not warranted because that would be wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be wrong. They would go, you're, yeah. you're an effing asshole and get out of my face. And so what we have to do instead is again, we have to catch these cultures that are being created when you're working certain areas and you got to move officers out of, uh, you know, shooting Newton, which is a famous uh, area in Los Angeles, uh, the Newton division, where they were really bad cops doing a lot of really bad things, criminal cops, right? And yeah. these cultures have to be caught fast and have to be taken down. Um, supervision, I got to tell you, is is really such a, a, an important issue when it's coming to these uh, these sergeants that are in charge of five to eight officers have to be active in making sure that an officer isn't going through a period of time where he's just now becoming uh, heavy handed. And so you have to tell the community that what we are going to do in our agency is we're going to really take a hard look at any cultures that are building that are uh, something that we need to address and, and make sure that those cultures aren't uh, taking hold uh, and, and get some of these guys trained. And officers are so resistant to uh, culture training. 
I'm telling you, uh, I can tell you from experience that I'm not going to that bullshit training. It's going to teach me to hold flowers when I go arrest somebody, right? That, that is, that, those are the things that you, that you hear, but there's gotta be a breakthrough and you got to make promises to the community that you really are going to be, begin to make some changes in these police departments that have a high, um, numbers of a certain demographic in that community. And we're talking about like places like Chicago, uh, where it's, you know, some very large black communities in there and in um, Los Angeles and in Minnesota and go in there and say, this is what we have to do. We have to really address this issue with our officers and make sure we're not building these cultures that are, are going to cause us some grief. You have to really empower officers to talk to supervision about other officers. And I, you know, it right now I wanted to say snitch, right? Because that's what it is, but you have to empower officers to be able to say, you know, in a way that's like, you're, you got to help this officer be a better officer. Uh, it is, it is just rampant that you cannot snitch on another police officer. It is so it was, it's probably stronger than in, in the gang community, <laughs> you know, in some cases. Yeah. yeah from I'm what I mean, and, and, and my connections. Yeah. I would, I would totally agree with that. But but my counter to that's always been even when, when working with the the, the the inner city police department, which I can't name all of that stuff, and I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about the people that I was connected with there. But 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 trying to help them to understand as a chaplain that that, that they cannot. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. You you have to do the right thing no matter what. There's never a wrong time to do that. And, and, and when, you're, when you're brand new and here's what I see happening, Andy, is that that we now have people like you who've now retired off the force and and, and you were in, in a different culture where some things weren't weren't you, you had to do the right thing. And it was important to do the right thing. And, and the, the new guys coming in, it doesn't take it's not too hard for a little bit of power to go to your head. It's just not. Yeah. I'm going to tell you another story just really quick. I know you got to go, but let me just tell you one other story as it all. And I'm not, again, I, there's I've seen some very kind comments on because I, I was not perfect. Right. And so, uh, and I fell into this trap too early on. I just, I was still in probation. I wasn't even a full-time police officer. And this was really what scared me. I, I, I was, uh, and I, and I really liked my, my office, the officer that I was working with. Sorry. I'm just thinking to make sure that it's, I, 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 I have to tell the story. So <laughs> the officer I was working with, um, uh, I was I was making a car stop during the car stop. A somebody stopped a young kid in, in his teens stopped. And this officer was in plain clothes. I was at the last phase of training. This officer was in plain clothes, a seasoned officer, 15 years at the time, something like that. Again, I had only been on for a few months. And um, this person driving by stopped a teen, maybe in just out of high school, maybe 18, 19 years old, stopped in, in the middle of our car stop. I had my gun out. I was pointing my gun at the car that I was stopping. This guy stopped and said, hey, can I get directions like to something? Like, it was like the dumbest question you can ask a cop that has his gun out, right? At that point, not at him, but the other people like, why are you? And so this officer went around and he pulled the guy out of, through his window of his car by the neck mm-hmm. and then threw him down the ground and said, are you stupid? Get in your effing car and get out of here. Can you not see, right? He was just angry that this guy stopped. But again, that was the culture. That's what I'm talking about. That's that kind of culture. Like that's what, and I kind of looked over, went back to doing what I was doing and I continued with my stop. Got the guys out, patted them down. Turned out it wasn't the right car because I think it was a stolen vehicle that we thought we were we were after. That car wasn't, didn't end up being stolen. We brushed the people off. We put them in the car and let them go. Well, that incident happened and I kind of just went on my way. Like we never really thought about it. We thought that's just what you do to stupid people. You choke them <laughs> and you bring it out of the ground and you, and you put them back in the car and say, get the hell out of here. Well, I got called in the lieutenant's office because that kid filed a complaint with the police department. And uh, <clears throat> and because of what, again, I'm talking about on here, I, the only reason I know this happened because I was that cop on that's in this video. I was one of those cops. Now, the guy didn't die, right? He was still alive. I, I want to believe that if, if, if this officer would have killed him, that I would have said, yeah, he killed him and he shouldn't have killed him. I, I, I want to believe that I would have done that. But I was, I was at the beginning of my career. I just bought my first brand new car. I was getting medical insurance for the first time. I was, I was, I was making whatever it was at the time, $45,000, uh, you know, uh, a year, whatever it was, I, I can't remember. In the end, I was making a hundred something thousand dollars a year as a police officer. So it's a really good job. Right. And so I got called to the lieutenant's office and the lieutenant said, 
Uh, you were on a car stop earlier and this guy stopped, this uh, male white guy, 19 years old. He just filed a complaint, said that this officer, he said his name, um, grabbed him by the neck, pulled him out the window and threw him on the ground. I go, wow, I don't know. I was so busy on my car stop, I didn't see anything. That was my answer. And I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Now, then, <laughs> fudge, stop. All right. So. I, just me saying that I probably never said that out loud. This was an incident that occurred. And I said, I, I, I didn't say anything I, that, you know, uh, radio traffic. And I was trying to come in and I, I knew there was something going on, but I didn't see what happened. So I could not be a witness to his, his thing. He was exonerated. Um, we went on and we, I went on with my career and I, we all lived on happily ever after. Right. Um, but there you go. That's, that's what I'm talking about. And, I was praised. That's the last part. I was praised not only by the officer, but the other people that knew, knew the truth. Wow. Nice job. Nice job. You went in there and didn't say anything. And I was such a good cop for not saying anything. That's, and, what uh, that's, that's the, that, that's the part that nobody knows about. And that's what makes it hard. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm answering also Deborah, Deborah's question here. She says, so what do you think the other officers didn't did nothing? There you go. There's your answer. Um, I, who knew he was going to die? Like he didn't die there on the ground, but he went, they took him to the hospital. And from what I understand that he, he died at the hospital. And how many times have they seen this officer knee on, kneel on somebody like this and nothing ever happened? Probably a lot more times than he's been caught for. That's what I was talking about yesterday. He's done this more than the times he's been caught. He has three, you know, incidents that I know of that at least that's what I heard. That means again, he's done it 10 times, if right. not 20 times. And these officers get used to seeing him doing it and nothing ever bad happens, right? Even when he's investigated, he's still working. So uh, why stop him, right? Nothing's happened in the past. And so this is, again, this is all compounded. And again, you create this culture that it's okay to do that. At some point, somebody's got to step in and say, you know, you got to stop doing that bullshit because yeah. somebody's going to get hurt and, and yeah. maybe somebody will die. Uh, and now here we are. It affects law enforcement across the United States of America uh, because of this action, this decision that this guy made. So, wow, you took me to a place that I have never gone, Eric. Thank you for coming on and doing that to me. <laughs> I'm just really, I still have too many connections. I, I, people that, that I love and that I care about. And I, I want to make sure that, that um, we try to, I, I, because like I, like you said, that's not our culture. We, I'm not the guy who's going to get profiled and pulled over. Mm -hmm. I've been pulled over for weird reasons, but I'm not the guy who's going to get profiled and pulled over. And, yeah. and, and you know, I, 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 it's hard, but it, it would be my nephew. It would be my, my, my brother-in-law would be, I, I've got too many people who fit in that category. Yeah. And it, yeah, this stuff also happens to white people, Asian people. It, it, it happens. Um, it, it's just really awful when it happens to a black person because we already have a problem in that area. It's we already have a problem in that area, and we have a perception of a bigger problem in that area, and and this just exacerbated that in a way mm -hmm. that's astronomical. And and I, you know, but thank you, Andy, for letting me jump in here on your parade. No I appreciate no. that. No problem. Thank you. All right, take care. Oops. I I double, I double dumped them. All right, you guys, uh, I appreciate all the questions. There's some really good questions. There's something about the other officers being of other ethnicities uh, that, you know, it, it, it's, um, yeah, uh, it just, it, it, again, mostly you would have another black officer there. And the, the, if it was a black officer, he probably wouldn't do anything either. Uh, probably. Because, again, of the culture. It's not, in the police department, it's not necessarily black and whites, you know, um, uh, are more likely to tell on another officer or, or, or tattle or snitch. Um, it, it's you're mostly you're all the same color when it comes to law enforcement, understanding that if you snitch on an officer, it, it could be over. I've got other stories, even, even worse than mine, uh, where they, they, again, I told you I was followed home by supervision. They would, can they would, uh, we call it code five. They would co five my house and officers would rotate. I got told later on, by an officer that was, uh, you know, a fairly new officer when I was a senior officer. Was I was in my twenty, my you know, nineteen years, twenty years uh, after I retired, I saw him somewhere, and he came. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to come to you, uh, and apologize for how often I was told to follow you home 
and to sit outside your house and watch to see what you did. That, that's what his job was to follow me. Um, because I began to speak out. And because I began to speak out, they began to follow me home. And they began to watch because what they wanted, kind of like what they did to Michael Flynn, that's what, why I'm so sensitive about that, is that they're looking for me to do something wrong so they can fire me. That's what they were doing. And so that was this officer's job. He goes, my job was to watch you. And if you did anything out of policy or against the law, I was to report it to the sergeant who had me followed. Uh, and uh, then what they were going to do is they were going to fire you. And uh, that that's my story. So there you go. That's because I began to speak out about things that were happening around the police department. And that what that's why, answer the questions of why these guys didn't do anything. That's why. And that is the bigger problem uh, as far as I'm concerned about those other guys, not bigger problem than, you know, the officer who murdered the guy, uh, you know, killed the guy, not murdered him, but killed him. Again, I use murder like in California. And, and when you, when you murder somebody in California, you have to have malice aforethought. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that that happened. All right. Sorry. I hope that doesn't get confusing. I know it can be confusing. It's like burglary and robbery. Some people, when they say they're, when their house got burglarized, they say my house got robbed. Your house didn't get robbed. It got burglarized. Uh, and then when they get held at gunpoint at a, uh, at a store, they say, I got burglarized at the, at the liquor store. No, you didn't get burglarized. You got robbed. <laughs> There's two distinctly different things. All right. Yes, there are two confident. Uh, they were too confident and coordinated and accepting. It's been done and accepted before. Probably just choked him out uh, for getting into the car. And then they call EMS. Yeah. That's the thing. All right. Uh, again, uh, we uh, gone past an hour. How does that happen with you guys? Thank you so much for all the comments. I really do appreciate it. I, I appreciate the the kind words. I hope you don't mind me telling you a story about you know me being a young cop and what the the culture is in in law enforcement. And again, I don't want to say I I hate to say those things because now the the perception is that all law enforcement is bad, and I can, it's hard to say law enforcement is good, but yet there's a culture that makes you not snitch on officers, right? But in more, I don't, it, it, you're hardly ever put in that position. As In 21 years, uh, I was maybe put in that position four or five times, right? Where, but later on, I had no problem snitching on an officer. I, 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 again, the, it, things change when, once you get out of probation, once things, uh, things change, once you kind of get a little bit of seniority and now you're not afraid to speak out right now, as I got more in my career, I was speaking out. It did cost me my career in the end, but, <laughs> but it has to be done. Well, I'm not going to sit back here and watch bullshit bull, uh, baloney happen uh and uh and just sit back and watch it happen as you become senior not senior in age but senior in law enforcement you can then become a little bit more outspoken and say stuff because it'll be a little bit more accepted but also um who cares at that point you got your pension uh if they if they uh, uh you know if they don't like it they can eat it and uh fire me and just don't do anything to get fired but because it's hard to fire a police officer so at some point you got to do it so all right. Uh, that is all. I, I can go on with a whole bunch of other stuff. But just I just want to tell you that in, in every day there's good police work being done out there. Officers are doing some really good stuff. I saved a few lives of, of people that are still existing today because I happen to be at the right place at the right time and took the right action. Um, and there's many, many other officers. Just, it's not only me. There's a lot of them doing stuff. I, there's people that have given birth to babies on the sidewalk in the middle of the street. There's a lot of other stuff happening out there that's doing really, really good good, good work, right? They have lots of programs where they're, they're taking children off the streets and they're doing some good work with them and teaching them karate and teaching them how to play ice hockey and all these other things that, and getting into the community. There's a lot of that going on. Uh, it's rare to have something like that happen that's causing us so much grief today. So that's the, the last thing I wanna leave you with, all right? Um, I hope this has been helpful. Uh, again, thank you for all the comments. I see some really big co comments coming up and I'm so sorry that I can't get them all because it'll cause me to go on forever. But I'll read them and I'll try to respond if they require a response. And uh, again, I appreciate you guys and um, all the love and just, oh man, we have to do a better job as police officers of policing uh, those that uh, do not belong in our profession. And uh, I hope I can continue to do what I'm doing. Uh, and um, and uh, speaking the truth in some of these cases. All right, that's it. I will talk to you later. And Sass, I'll get to your message. I see it's a long one, but I, I definitely will uh, read it and, and respond. All right, take care. Talk to you later. Bye.